This is Animals Voice podcast presented by the Ontario SPCA with 50 communities working together for animal welfare. We've got another great show for you on the way, so put your paws up, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Animals Voice podcast. I'm your host, Kevin McKenzie, and we are joined this week by a true friend of the Ontario SPCA and uh, his organization, Brandon Forder, the Chief Operating Officer of Canadian Pet Connection. How are you doing, Brandon? Doing well. Thank you for having me. Hey, we're really happy to have you. You know what? You're a big supporter. You you blog about uh, a lot of our podcasts. You're, a, you're a, uh, one of those people out there, our friends in the community, that really help us uh, spread our mission and our vision, and, and we're truly appreciative. So thanks for spending some time with me today. Oh, hey, it's a pleasure. Uh, so tell me a little bit about yourself. How long have you been Chief Operating Officer at Canadian Pet Connection? Well, I've uh, I've been with Canadian Pet Connection since uh, 1994. Um, it's a family business that my father started when I was 14. Um, so I have been the Chief Operating Officer for close to 10 years now. Okay, awesome. And uh, in terms of the topic that we're going to cover today, we're t- going to talk about indoor activities for dogs. But I think activity around uh, your, your pets is very important. So first of all, tell me, why is it so important to stimulate your pets all year round? Well, I think of many of the same reasons why it's important for humans to be stimulated all year round. Um, boredom, uh, a lot of behavioral problems with dogs can arise when they don't have the right type of exercise or the right type of stimulation. Dogs that are inactive tend to uh, suffer from weight gain as well, providing the owners uh, don't digest the, uh, the food that they're eating accordingly. Uh, so it's um, it can really lead to a lot of behavioral problems when dogs have pent up energy. They don't have any stimulation for the mind or the body, and um, that energy still has to come out in one way or another. And with many dogs, it does manifest in a negative way. So being able to have um, uh, year round stimulation for for your pets is uh, is very important. Okay, now it's it's cold. <laughs> Winter has arrived. We're in Canada. Um, I'm the type of person that wouldn't go out until April if I had the choice, but I don't have mm-hmm. a choice because I have a giant ninety pound lab at home. So let's talk about uh, the importance of indoor activities for dogs during the cold winter months. Uh, what are some good activities? How do you how do you get that stimulation indoors? Oh, there are almost an endless list of things you can do. Um, what a lot of pet owners don't realize is most of the outdoor activities um, you you have with your dogs, um, you can still do those indoors as long as you modify them in an indoor appropriate fashion. Um, but th- there's a lot of things you can go with. Um, there are interactive um, stuffable toys uh, for dogs that are food motivated that really challenge their mind and it's something that takes them a long time to work through. Um, you can stuff these toys with, you know, uh, food or with treats, basically anything that'll motivate your pet. And it kind of acts as a little bit of a puzzle, a little bit of a mind game. Those are ideal for indoor environments because you don't have to require, you don't have to rely on your dog to um, do a lot of running or get a lot of physical exercise, but it's great uh, for uh, mental stimulation. But indoor stuff, um, uh, indoor activities, uh, you know, a lot of my clients um, have real success with doing indoor um, hide and seek or scavenger hunts where you can have specific toys or specific treats that are hidden throughout the house. And you kind of encourage your pooch and work with them through the house. And, um, you know, some of these dogs just have a riot doing this because they can have it, you know, have this experience in a safe controlled environment and still be able to interact with, uh, with the family at the same time. Mm-hmm. Now, um, uh, something else that would be popular would be even, um, indoor doggy play dates. Most, most dogs have other dog friends that uh, live in the neighborhood. Uh, so why not get all these uh, pooches together in a safe environment indoors and let them have, have a safe little romp. Uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of clients have success with, um, 
using a treadmill uh, for dogs that are receptive to that type of activity. Uh, you don't have to worry about taking a dog outside in the cold weather uh, to get a good cardio workout, but treadmills are a very useful tool to get uh, some real cardio. Um, so really the, the, the list, uh, never ends. Uh, you can groom your dog inside. Um, it's not a great physical activity, but it's a, a really nice bonding activity between uh, pet and owner as well. It sounds to me like you're saying I actually don't have to go outside for the next four months. Is that what you're saying, Brandon? <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it, it's nice to get a dog outside, but if you need to stay inside, you're not short on options. That's for oh, sure. I'm just complaining about the cold. Now, listen, how, <laughs> how, how often should people do this stuff? Is this a, a daily activity with your pets then? Most definitely, and I'd, I'd recommend doing it multiple times a day, as long as you get um, creative with uh, with the type of activities. You, you don't necessarily want to have your dog doing the same thing every single day, because what is stimulating and exciting today may not be stimulating and exciting tomorrow or the day after if you keep doing that. Mm -hmm. So as long as you're using good common sense and being creative and using your imagination, yeah, I recommend dogs um, uh, to be active every single day, if not uh, multiple times a day. Excellent. And changing up the activity so that neither you or your, your dog gets bored with it, right? Yeah, 100%. And there's so many uh, so many options at your disposal um, to, to only choose, you know, one or two activities is uh, um, uh, you're really missing out on a lot of fun. So um, I encourage pet owners to get creative and use their imagination and uh, whatever they want to have fun with that's safe indoors, then uh, I welcome them to try it. So what are some of the specific health benefits to dogs participating in these activities? You mentioned cardio, oh, um, for example. Yeah, of course. Um, well, I mean, it's it's uh, a lot of the same benefits that humans would get from the same uh, from the same types of activities, but mainly interacting with your pet, it'll strengthen the the human uh, animal bond. Um, that's probably one of the most um, um, that that's probably one of the biggest benefits that uh, both dog and human are going to get is just being able to interact in, in a positive environment and strengthen that bond. But uh, you're also offering um, exercise for both body and mind. So dogs do get bored, even if they are, you know, uh, exercised regularly. If they don't have anything that can challenge them mentally, then, uh, you know, you're sort of missing out on half the equation. Mm -hmm. uh, but you can eliminate boredom. Uh, and there's the old adage that a tired dog is a happy dog and a tired dog is not a mischievous dog. So if you can um, use all of these activities to, uh, to tire your pooch out, yeah, your dog is going to be happy as a result. A lot you've been talking about, uh, you know, you, it stems from common sense. So this next question might... Uh be redundant, but does the mm -hmm. age, does the age of your dog have a lot to do with the activities you choose and the frequency? Uh, yeah, I mean, um, lifestyle requirements do vary from dog to dog. So um, you can still do the same activities, say, with a senior dog as you could with a younger dog. You just want to use good judgment, as you say, and modify those activities so they're appropriate for your pet's lifestyle. So if you have a senior dog that may have a little bit of arthritis in his hips, then you're obviously not going to want to encourage a lot of heavy impact on those joints. But you can still offer many different activities that can stimulate your dog that's also safe for his uh, lifestyle requirements. Absolutely. Okay. And and when we're talking about the temperature and, and it dropping outside, uh, how cold should it be for you to say, forget it, I'm not taking the dog outside today? Well, I think it depends on a, a few different factors. Um, some dogs are bred to be very cold weather tolerant, uh, Bernese mountain dogs or Huskies, Malamutes. And so those dogs can tolerate colder conditions for longer periods of time. But like you have a lab, uh, you know, those dogs have very thin coats and lose body heat very easily. Uh, but there are also ways to work with that as well. If you have the right type of outdoor gear, the right type of coat, um, a pair of insulated boots, um, you can even get full uh, snowsuits that pretty much cover the dog's entire body and pr provide a really excellent um, uh, barrier uh, from the cold. As long as you take those precautions, you can still enjoy a lot of um, outdoor fun 
uh, even when it is cold, as long as you take those precautions. But it really does come down to common sense. If it's too cold for you when you're bundled up in your coat and your mitts and your toque, then you know you, you want to make sure that the time you spend outside is appropriate. Um, so uh, I usually um, use that as sort of a barometer. If it's too cold for you, then it's going to be too cold for your pooch. Okay. So and, and if you're looking at how long to spend outside in the cold, you need you need to use common sense around the breed. Like you like you were saying for a husky, for example, they they can hack it outside a lot longer than maybe a chihuahua can, right? Most definitely. And some of those dogs really enjoy being out in the cold weathers. Um, I had a Bernese mountain dog for 10 years and in the winter he would curl up in the backyard and a couple of hours later after a snowfall, he'd be buried in the snow and he'd be as happy as could be. Whereas some other dogs may be in a very serious uh, situation, um, you know, in that type of environment. So it really does depend on the dog, but uh, that's something that pet owners should be aware of knowing the dogs that they have and what kind of uh, temperatures they can withstand and, and the duration that they can withstand as well. Uh, when did weather conditions usually start to improve for, your, for animals outside? Well, th- uh, things tend to thaw out. Uh, obviously, it depends on where you live. But, uh, you know, in Ontario, mid to late March, um, you're, you're generally going to be looking at a little bit of the winter thaw. It's still going to be quite cold, but the wind chill is not as bad. Uh, so I'd say me, uh, mid- the middle of March to late March is when you can start um, uh, doing a little bit more outdoor uh, related activities that don't require, um, you know, huge insulated coats or a lot of bundling up. Are there other places that pet owners can go with their dogs for more indoor activities? Yeah, most definitely. Uh, a lot of obedience classes are are held indoors. Um, a lot of these um, uh, businesses will also offer uh, play date um, uh, uh, sessions where you can just um, set up an appointment and you can just ha- sort of have a communal play date. Those are all indoors. They're safe, supervised environments. Um, many of my clients, as a matter of fact, are... Um, uh, raving about hydrotherapy and doing uh, swimming over the winter time. There are many facilities around that uh, that accommodate dogs for uh, indoor swimming use, and uh, that is one of the best forms of exercise that you know a dog could get at any time. But being able to have that at your disposal in the winter is something I would uh, recommend clients take advantage of. And there's a lot of doggy daycares and pet sitting services, and they offer all sorts of different winter packages. Um, so if you, um, you know, if you make some calls in your community to some of these service providers, I'm sure you're going to find a ton of options at your disposal. Excellent. And where can our listeners find out more about Canadian Pet Connection? Oh, they can visit our website. It is CanadianPetConnection.com. We are also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So I welcome uh, your readers and your listeners to uh, reach out to us. And if they have any questions, I'd be happy to chat with them. Awesome. Listen, thanks for joining us today, Brandon. Really appreciate it. Oh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. And I want to thank all of our listeners, as always, for tuning in, for sharing. We have a very active social uh, media following, and we certainly appreciate all the retweeting of the broadcasts, everyone sharing it on their Facebook walls, and just for tuning in and listening and contributing, because we also get questions. If you'd like to uh, hear a certain topic covered on uh, Animal's Voice, please drop me a line. You can email me at kmac. K-E-N-Z-I-E, that's McKenzie at ospca.on.ca, or you can follow me at Kev the Grad. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll catch you next time. Thank you for joining us for another edition of Animals Voice Podcast. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and at our website, ontariospca.ca. Animals Voice Podcast is a production of the Ontario SPCA. The Society would like to thank all of our supporters. Together, we are the Animals Voice.